0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode, man, season three, episode 20. I wanted to drop some bombs on you, man. I wanted to give you some free content that will help you kind of just open your mindset about recovery a little bit and let you know how, man, there's crabs out there. There are people out there that are wanting to hold us down, that are wanting us to fail in our own recovery. I had a, a great conversation last night with a buddy, and so Eric Dixon, if you're listening, man, this is this kind of sparked me last night. I told you I was kind of thinking about this anyways, so thanks for bantering with me. And uh, Eric is not a, in uh, recovery himself, but he sees this phenomenon in other areas of his life, so before I get into it, we always start thanking the first responders for all they do for us, for time and energy and loss of sleep and the post-traumatic stress that they get. I mean, all of it. Thank you. We love you. You're noticed. And we are here for you. So with that said, I kind of want to get into this topic about how we handle the the naysayers in recovery. I, I guess let me explain it let me let me go ahead and just kind of talk about it and from there maybe we can kind of take a deep dive so if and i and mostly i'm talking to you who have been in recovery and it doesn't matter what type of recovery you've been in i think you can kind of get this so let's just let's hammer it out like this if if you've been in recovery for any amount of time you have come face to face with this phenomenon it's, it's when those people in active addiction who have tried their hand in recovery cannot leave those experiencing real recovery alone. Understand, please understand this. I'm not talking about those of us who have relapsed and are, are in constant movement for sobriety. And I'm not talking about those who want to live a life of recovery, but find it extremely difficult. Like it's a relentless journey. And those out there, you know who I'm talking to. You feel it. You you desire more than anything. You just struggle finding it, but it comes right. But I'm talking about those who have tried to become sober failed, and refused to try again. They don't want to give sobriety a chance. Instead, they purposely choose to attack those of us in active recovery. And you see this. You see this on Facebook. You see this on Instagram and TikTok and and whatever else. They're the ones that are always posting on your comments. They're the ones that are always uh, talking about what real recovery looks like where california sober and you know they're just they just don't want the grind they don't want to go through the difficult crap that we go through to find recovery so last night my wife and I were we're scrolling facebook we're just chilling out and i i came across one of these guys that fits this description perfectly this individual's constantly bantering With those who are working in an honest program, just understand that I'm in a bunch of face group groups for sobriety, and if you're in those groups, you know what I'm talking about. You see these guys on a daily basis, and this individual constantly banters. He banters with those who are working in an honest program. He tends to attack when someone's struggling he attacks when someone's expressing excitement in their days of sobriety. His comments are negative, derogatory, spiteful, mean, and never offer support. And, and adds contradictory fuel with justification on staying in active addiction, And so I know for a fact, and I'm just talking about this one individual, and I hope you don't blast me for for judging this individual or whatever you're going to say. I hope you can understand the spirit in which I'm saying this. But this individual makes recovery for the rest difficult. When, When he shares post, he alludes to drinking in moderation. And hey, I'm cutting back. But he also shares this real joy in being kind of sober. I'm kind of sober for us is a very difficult place for those in recovery. We we have to work an honest program because this addiction that we experience costs us our peace. It it costs us everything. So... With this thought, I came up. I woke up this morning. I'm like, man, I wanna I wanna talk to some clients who are actively going through this, start a discussion with them and ask them if they've noticed this. And one of them responded, Man, why can't they just leave us alone? Why can't they why can't they leave it alone? Listen, we understand that they don't want to get sober. But why do they have to persecute us? And, and think about it this way. When you look at it as there's good coming in and good going out and bad coming in and bad going out of our lives. So the happy people, they focus on being positive while, you know, unhappy people focus on negative. They focus on crap. Happy people build relationships they build people around them. They buoy them up. They congratulate them for the days and months and years of sobriety while unhappy people sulk, complain, and they, we call them vampires. They just suck the energy from us. So I know for a fact, because I am one, and I want, I want you to understand that I'm coming from this angle I know for a fact that no addict wants to be an addict. We don't want to wake up in the morning wanting to be an addict. We don't want to be addicted. First of all, we want out. Second, we try to get out. And third, we make a conscious decision to stay out. Now, those who who take an option three... um, I understand struggle with sobriety and, and, and they begin to rationalize here a little, there a little, you know. Number three is tough. We decide if we're going to stay out. Now, that's a decision we make. And, and those who struggle with sobriety know they want recovery. And inside, they want nothing more than real, long-lasting recovery. But at times understand that it is elusive, difficult to grasp. But sooner or later, we, we addicts, we are forced with two options. One, continue to use and allow it to destroy everything around us, whether that's jail, divorce, financial loss, loss of a loved one, loss of a license, whatever it is. Or we take the second path, and that's to suck it up and to find recovery. Now, I want to share with you kind of an analogy that when I woke up this morning, I started thinking about, and I, and, and where I've seen this play the most. I remember as a team, when I was running a recovery program, I invited a bunch of the members who were in active recovery to participate in a Spartan race. Now, Spartan races are difficult, so we spent months and months of preparation in the gym to simulate what the events would look like and how to overcome the obstacles that were thrown at us. So our goal was to complete in the large race of the Spartan, which was the Super. Oh, sorry, this, at the time it was the beast. So it was like 12 miles, 33 obstacles. And we became aware of the difficulty of the race. I mean, we researched other racers. We knew it was going to be both mentally and physically exhausting. Taxing, right? So at the, as the race started, okay, I want you to understand this. We immediately realized the toll the event was going to take on our body and mind. First mile of this race was a steady incline, and it wreaked havoc on my body. And we, as we were passing racers, many of them were stopped on the side of the hill, gaining their composure, working out leg cramps, and the race did not get easier from there. We we passed miles after miles, and we traversed the slopes, and this mental fatigue began to set in, this grind began to suck, and the excitement of the race wore off, and it turned to like an oh crap moment, like wow, this is tough, and interesting enough, some of the racers quickly realized that quitting was going to be an easier option than completing this race. And I I saw it happening. I saw this mental ping pong in this guy's brain, in these folks' brain, whether should I quit or should I continue the race. And the evaluation of it is is worth it. And, and the value of the effort, that's what, you know, we're evaluating worth and effort. And they also had another problem they prepared for this race and took on the challenge as a team understand that we were a team if they quit during the race they had to quit openly to all of us they had to make an excuse for the exit right think about that you know that's a hard that's a hard decision and i know we've all been here before in this moment when the hard felt hard and quitting in our minds became optional. And, and I want you to think back at a time in your life that you questioned if you could do this hard thing and and what was the outcome did you persevere or did you quit and and if you persevered, have you done that always throughout your life or did you quit and have you continued to do that in your life? So as the race continued, pain, set in the mental struggle became real and quitting became the decision for a few of these folks and interesting enough each one of them made an excuse for quitting leg cramps i don't have any more water i didn't bring any salt packets i'm tired i mean and and each one of them had to come up with a personal excuse that made sense to them in their mind these excuses buckled them mentally and physically and imagine this each one of them had to turn around and walk down the mountain and wait for the rest of us to finish the race did the race get any easier for those who went forward no We just made the decision that quitting was not optional because that's how we trained and how we prepared our minds. Now, this is where this interesting phenomenon occurs in an active recovery, and active um, lack therein. And after the race, the finishers had a story to tell, this story of survival pain, overcoming these obstacles. Those that finished formed this amazing bond. But on the other hand, those who quit were not a part of the success. They could not share in the joy of the struggle. They quit the race. And at first, the excuses for not finishing were shared and then guilt began to set in. The guilt of quitting became so palpable that they began to bond together and and badmouth the event. They badmouth the obstacles. The course was too hard. The weights weren't distributed right. The water was too cold. It's simple. The quitters quit and the winners win. So there was an immediate division between the team. The quitters stood by one another while the winners bonded together or the losers bonded together, right? And we eventually had to go back in a normal life. Do you think the division stopped there? No. Those who quit the race continued to badmouth the group who finished. They immediately stopped training, they stopped going to the gym with us, they began to hate the gym. They began to hate exercise, They where, where they once found this amazing set of joy and brotherhood they now despised and were trying to destroy. It, it, it quickly became their quest to destroy anyone thinking about working out or competing in, in a Spartan. And I noticed that when newcomers came in, they would sit them down and talk to them about this horrific, horrible, traumatic event that we put them through. The stories of quitting evolved into this traumatic war story, which fueled the desire to spread this narrative that pain equals giving up. They they became so passionate about destroying those wanting to compete, the rationale for quitting the event had changed so many times that they lost track of why they initially quit it became obvious that their goal was to fuel enough confusion that they could sway the other guys from competing hey dude it hurt too bad it was it was crazy it's not what they tell you it's going to be come on man come on and this fuel continued To spuel over. It it was not enough for them to be upset about the race. But their quest in life became wanting to destroy anybody that wanted to get involved to better themselves. It consumed them. It moved them and gave them purpose. The goal was to get others to quit because it allowed them to feel better. It, it fueled their ego, if that makes sense. Or at least they realized that misery loves company. If they could get other people to jump in on the bandwagon and, and quit with them or never start or continue to use in sobriety or continue to use in recovery, but just to drop out because it becomes too hard, they win. So, in essence, what do we do with these kind of people? Nothing. Because nothing is going to change their mind. Remember, always remember this. Good in, good out. Bad in, bad out. You reap what you sow. And, and I tell you that so you can look up and pay attention to those around you. Are they fueling the fire because recovery is hard? Or is it impossible for them because they are so wrapped up in being just okay? Okay. That they can never truly heal. The message is simple guys. Stay sober. Find real lasting friends. That will fuel you. And win. Win the day. Every moment that you're working out. Everything that you're doing in life. I just ask that you win. That your focus becomes that. And guess what? Do we win every day? Nah. Sometimes we get kicked and it hurts. But I ask you to look up, get up, and shut up. Stay sober, my friends. Have a blessed day. And keep chasing the vase.